0: is wednesday and there was a city council meeting in kamloops yesterday so as always after a council day pleased to welcome to the program the mayor of kamloops mr ken christian mr mayor how are you doing here today Very good. Thank you, Jeff. Well, thanks so much for the time, as always. So let's get into a little bit of yesterday's city council meeting. It was a joint meeting with the school district. I guess one of the one things I did want to get into was this school site acquisition charge. Uh, The fee is going to be applied to the lots of new homes over the next decade to help pay for the cost of buying land in Aberdeen to build new schools. Um, I guess council had a little bit of concern in regards to this charge, although it sounds like no real changes were discussed other than it's not going to rural homes, places like Tobiana, Savannah not going to be a part of that charge Um, just overall, what are your thoughts on the fact that a charge like that is needed, I think it does make sense but obviously council uh, expressed a little bit of concern about this
1: yeah, you know, uh, in, in in sympathy to the school district, they're really at the mercy of the Ministry of Education in terms of their capital funds, so they need other sources of revenue. And when you look at the demographics of the school district, the only place that's really growing is Kamloops. Uh, so uh, in the uh, capital plan, they have uh, two elementary schools and a secondary school in the Aberdeen area. And uh, they were uh, uh, talking about the school site acquisition uh, tax being led against new builds in those areas and uh, you know that makes some sense the only uh, argument we put forward was that uh, particularly a secondary school in the Aberdeen area would service uh, those areas outside the right. city of Kamloops like uh, like uh, you know uh, secondary kids from Tobiano in particular but also La Lejeune and those areas and You know, to the extent that uh, that cost could be uh, spread a little bit more evenly. But, uh, you know, to uh, their response, they indicated that those areas by and large aren't growing to any extent like the southwest sector of Camels is growing, and and admittedly it is. So we are responsible for those uh, costs, and uh, that would be a 10-year levy and uh, hopefully generate about $5 million towards the purchase of those properties.
0: Yeah, and then I guess that's kind of a nice segue into the capital plan that was provided by the school district yesterday. They they listed out sort of their priorities for new builds, uh, the top priority being a new elementary school in Pineview, second uh, in Batch, another elementary school there before Aberdeen Secondary, and then fourth on the list, Juniper West Elementary. Um One of the things that was mentioned by uh, Marvin Kwiatkowski with the city, he said that um, Juniper West Elementary could be built within a decade. I believe he said this at a previous meeting. So with that being said, just curious, could we potentially be seeing four new schools funded by the province over the next 10 years? Seems pretty ambitious, but based on those comments, I'm wondering if it's possible.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think um, the the school district has to rationalize their space in its entirety, but the reality is uh, certain areas of the city even are experiencing more growth pressures than other areas. So you have uh, places like, uh, you know, Brock and, and the West Side where they built a number of elementary schools in the 60s and 70s, and, and those kids have grown up and gone, and the houses haven't really changed hands yet. So we're not seeing the kind of enrollment pressures there that you're actually seeing from the new developments in Aberdeen, the Bachelor Hills completion and the Juniper West completion. So those would be the sites that, uh, you know, particularly for elementary kids, you want to have a school in that neighborhood. So it's important and, uh, you know, it was important during the 18 years I spent as a school trustee and it's obviously still important today and uh, I concur with their uh, capital plan.
0: One of the things that kind of caught me by surprise, I obviously haven't been in Kamloops uh, uh, very long here compared to most people in the city, I think, but you talked about your time as a, a school board trustee, and one of the things you had mentioned during yesterday's meeting was how enrollment was actually quite a bit higher in the district, you know, back in the early 90s, mid to early 90s, and I'm just curious to get your kind of thoughts on on how that happened. It feels bizarre to me that we're sitting here, you know, you know, 25 uh, plus years later and the enrollment is actually down compared to what we saw in that time how how does that work out any thoughts Yeah, you know, I made the observation yesterday that uh, during
1: my time there and and when uh, Trustee O'Fee was there as well, uh, we were around 22,000 kids and uh, right now they're looking at about 17,000. The big difference has been the uh, Supreme Court case in terms of class sizes and that meant that they had to hire an additional 90 teachers, so they needed an additional 90 classrooms to accommodate those, so that really was a uh, labor relations and legal matter that, that caused the uh, you know overcrowding, as it were. So uh, now we're looking at uh, demographic changes as well, where you used to have, uh, you know, uh, three kids was kind of the norm for a family. And now uh, it's more one child or 1.2 or three children. So, you know, we're not seeing those kind of huge families. And a lot of the people that are moving to Kamloops are uh, moving here after, uh, you know, they have raised children and they're coming here to retire. So That, in turn, changes a bit of the demographic related to the growth of the city.
0: I mean, given the fact that we're seeing sort of some capital strains now within the school district, right? Needing a new uh, Park Parkrest Elementary. We know that's coming online. We see the expansion out in Valley View and the the high school there. Uh, how did it how did the school district handle all those kids back in the day if if you know it was higher enrollment back in the nineties than what we're seeing now and, and yet we're seeing the capital strains continue? Um, you know, when when you were there, did you have concerns about overcrowding in schools at that time?
1: Well, you know, that's just it. It was the norm to have 30 kids in a classroom, and uh, that was kind of the way schools were built. So uh, now uh, the class size has been limited, and you still have the space. So the space hasn't shrunk. It's just the number of divisions in a school that's been expanded. So that really has created a challenge for uh, this version of the school board, and and, uh, they're meeting that challenge head on. Uh, uh, Chair Kershaw and uh, the trustees, uh, yesterday, were quite uh, passionate about their needs, and uh, you know, uh, kudos uh, for uh, to them for uh, advocating on behalf of Camlum students with the Ministry of Education.
0: Here with Loops Mayor Ken Christian. I wanted to talk to you about the nuisance properties that uh, was announced yesterday. There was, I believe it was 10 properties along the West Columbia Street corridor that were deemed nuisance properties uh, in the tail end of 2020. And we saw six properties removed from that list yesterday, or was announced yesterday anyway. Those are the Ramada by Wyndham, Best Western Plus, the Panorama Inn, Grandview Motel, Columbia Motor Inn, and the Knights Inn. Um I guess happy to see the work that has been taken place at those locations that they are able to be removed from that nuisance property list I'm sure that was no easy task to have that uh, you know designation removed for these property owners
1: yeah, you know I'm, I'm delighted, and, and kudos to uh, the property owners and the managers in those locations because they've really stepped up. They've recognized that they were uh, over-utilizing city services, particularly first responder services, and so uh, they have made the kind of sept uh changes, that, that environmental design to uh, alleviate and reduce crime change that is uh, so important, and uh, they're really taking ownership of the property problem. And as a result, uh, you know, our staff have seen fit to take them off that nuisance property list. You know, we we, we don't go into that lightly. And, you know, there's a lot of stringent criteria before you wind up on that list. And, uh, you know, it's not an effort to make money, uh, you know, off of fines. It's really uh, an effort to gain compliance. And in this case, that's exactly what's occurred. And, uh, you know, our community services officers are reporting that things have calmed down and Uh, that's an excellent uh, outcome.
0: I think there's lessons to be learned here for other property owners in the city to make sure they don't uh, kind of fall down the hole that might lead them to leading or getting some kind of tag like this.
1: Yeah, you know, and particularly landlords, you know, it's easy to say, you know, it's not my problem, it's my tenant's problem, but no, it is your problem. It's your house, and you're the taxpayer, and we are uh, going to that uh, residence or that address multiple times a month, so you're going to have to deal with the behaviors that are causing the uh, disruption in the community, and and that's what's happened in this case, and I hope that this is a lesson for other nuisance property uh, uh, owners in the city.
0: Uh, vaccine rollout. We know the mass clinics are starting to open up here in Kamloops. We had the one at the Tournament Capital Center open up earlier this week on Monday. You were down there. How are things looking? What did you see when you were down there and pretty confident or happy with how things have gone this far when it comes to vaccines being delivered?
1: Yeah, you know, it was it was just a great event. It was kind of like old home week for me. I did 37 years in public health and now 10 years in local government, and this was really a combination of both of those initiatives. Uh, you know, the health authority was there in full force with a, a, a stream of uh, professional nursing uh, staff, uh, supervising staff, uh, emergency uh, staff, and, and those important staff that are, are recording uh, the information and taking all of the uh, the registration information. And then we had the city staff, right, from uh, community services officers helping with parking, our uh, events team organizing the TCC, uh, our IT group, even our sign shop was, was engaged in this effort. And, uh, you know, it's really a joint uh, effort, uh, but a Herculean one because uh, never before in the history of Kamloops have we ever tried to immunize all of our adult population and uh, you know this is going to be a huge challenge uh, just to get the first doses in the arms and uh, as I said to the group uh, on Monday morning I mean vaccines don't save lives it's vaccinations and, and they're really uh, mm-hmm. stepping up and, and every shot uh, that they provide uh, provides an immune response and antibodies for that individual but collectively that uh, adds to a herd immunity with. In the city of Kamloops and you know it's so important that people take the opportunity uh, when it's your turn when your age group is is uh, being solicited uh, make the call get the appointment arrive at the prescribed time and uh, they are so well organized there it's not going to take uh, you know a a big hunk out of your day uh, but it's an important thing for you to do on behalf of the entire population.
0: Uh, The the Kamloops Blazers, they're going to be back on the ice this Friday. We've touched on it before, and, you know, your your main message is go Blazers, go. But what do you think this means to have WHL hockey back in Kamloops? And uh, do you you think this does anything for our economy? Obviously, we brought in a couple of teams to stay in some hotels and things like this. So just happy to see the Blazers back on the ice and what it potentially means for us here in the spring in terms of not going to be much for tourism, but, hey, maybe a little bit's better than nothing, right? Yeah, you know, I
1: was I was down at the Sandman Center with Digger, actually, uh, on Monday, and uh, just uh, working on something special for opening night. But, uh, you know, in discussions with Don Moores, uh, you know, this is an important uh, thing uh, for the community because it's a distraction. I mean, we've been living through this pandemic for over a year now, and it's really weighing on us, and, and people are impatient, and, and they're short with other people, and, and in uh, in some cases quite belligerent, but this will be at least uh, an opportunity to get some normalcy back into our, uh, at least our sports uh, psyche. So uh, it's great. And and for the kids, you know, these are kids that, uh, you know, their careers uh, have been uh, uh, developed to lead them to this opportunity. And uh, we want them to be seen uh, by other scouts. And we want uh, the Blazers to succeed as an organization. And, uh, you know, what's good for the Blazers is ultimately going to be good for Kamloops and in particular our tourism and hospitality sector so you know go Blazers go and I can hardly wait for uh Friday night yeah
0: me neither I'd have to get you out of here on this because I'd be remiss if I didn't ask the NCAA March Madness tournament back on the court you were actually supposed to attend a few games I believe last year before it was eventually canceled uh just how's your bracket doing and excited to see those kids back on the court here
1: Yeah, you know, we we have a a, a bracket uh, competition here at City Hall, and uh, I uh, submit one under the name of uh, Mayor Humdinger, and uh, Mayor Humdinger is in the lead, so I'm really proud of that. And uh, go uh, Gonzaga
0: Bulldogs. (laughs) Best of luck the rest of the way and appreciate the time today. Thank you. Awesome stuff. Kamloops Mayor Ken Christian. Glad to hear his bracket's doing well. Man, mine has been busted.